This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? Indeed, it is the Monty Show. Thursday, October 14th already. Already. Yes, sir. We have got snow in the mountains. We have got new snowboarding equipment. I am so fired up. Last night was the first night all week where I didn't dream about Squid Game. (laughs) No, I had dreams about... Which game did you die in in your dreams? You know what? It wasn't that I was in Squid Game. It, it, the dream was that I kept watching Red Light, Green Light. Oh, uh, okay. That's what it was. Were you like, getting the slow-mo of people getting shot and falling no. over? You remember when the guy <laughs> held the other guy up? Yes. When Rudy or whatever his name is held the, yeah. the guy up? Yeah. That's what the scene in my dream that I was focused on for like three straight nights. Okay. It was weird. But it is what it is. And uh, we are back on the sauce this morning, ready to rock and roll. Um... Ass vacuums will be talked about on this show coming Dude, up because bro. I have to go back to the vet tomorrow. Again. How many trips to the vet? This like has got to be four, four, three, four for this whole butthole infection thing on my dog that I'm going to tell you about. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Appreciate that because I need that. Um, unbelievable. Uh, we have an update on your, your not girlfriend because we don't ever commit to anything in this world. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next yeah, question. okay, there you go. Um, apparently she listened to the show yesterday. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah. (laughs) Settle down, settle down. Um, so we've got all kinds of stuff to get to, but of course on this fine here program, we are going to start with the illustrious, uh, Rudy Ellendorf Gobert. I have no idea what his middle name is. Anyway, the point is Rudy Gobert hit a 15 foot jump shot last night. And I'm telling you. I was really excited. I have not seen Rudy do that. We have talked about this for years on this show, that the moment that Rudy Gobert finds a 15-footer, it's over. Well, last night against, uh, you know, again, Milwaukee, it was the Bucks. Okay, cool. In the preseason, all right, cool. I don't care. It was a 15-foot jump shot, Jake, and that is incredibly impressive to me. Yeah, and, and he took it in rhythm, and, and that's really what, what we're looking for. We're, we're looking for Rudy to be able to to just opportunistically make a 15-foot jump shot. It doesn't have to be something that, that he's got a target in his game necessarily, but if you look at the way that, that particular play kind of unraveled, you know, the ball comes in from Rudy's left, right? It comes off the wing from Rudy's left. And I think it was Jared Butler just kind of hands it off to him. And what does Rudy do? Okay, you're going to give me space. I'm going to rise up, take that shot, and knock it down. And it was pure, too, by the way. Give the guy credit. I mean, that shot looked really good. And so I think, I, I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be taking 10 of those a game, certainly. But, but I would love to see Rudy knock down, you know, with his usual 30, 35 minutes a night, starters minutes. I'd love to see him knock down five or six of those, you know? Opportunistically, when it when when the play dictates it, you know, don't be afraid to take that shot. And, and I think, you know, the, the thing that gets me excited about that, <clears throat> number one, is it really changes things on offense for the Jazz. Because if Rudy is in a place offensively where the guy defending him has to at least respect that jumper a little bit, 
you know, you're obviously not going to, like, play, you know, really tight defense on Rudy offensively, but if you got to respect that a little bit, even that extra step away from the basket could be the difference between somebody getting a wide-open layup and having to make a contested layup. And for the Jazz, all those buckets matter. So when I saw that, that's just all I was thinking about. I was like, okay, you know, if he's featuring this in the, in the preseason a little bit, what does it look like for the regular season? Could that could this be uh could this be something like a new trend for Rudy? So it was definitely exciting. Well, and I think the other thing that was very clear was there was an effort to get Rudy the ball. Um, there was an effort to put him in positions where he was going to be able to display that. Because whether it goes in or not, Rudy just needs to make people believe that it's going to go in or that he's capable of making that jumper because that's what really changes the game for the Utah Jazz. Now Rudy did not show the ability to put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. He turned it over twice doing that. Um, but this is a huge step forward out of Rudy. I mean, this is something that um, we have talked about in terms of how important it is that Rudy be able to contribute on offense. He has to be something other than a guy who simply catches alley-oops and lobs. He is a, a phenomenal offensive rebounder. Um, but the issue there is that, hey, his best offensive games historically have been when the Jazz don't shoot well and he's cleaning up second chance opportunities on missed three-pointers, and that's not ideal for this club. Now, having said that, Rudy Gobert's never going to be 17 of 20 from 15 feet in a game, right? I mean, you're not needing that. If he is two of three, three of five, that's beautiful. That's perfect. That's the maximum you ever need here. So I want to, again, say – the bar is awfully low for Rudy Gobert to contribute on offense. You don't need this guy to score 20 points on 10, 15-foot jump shots, right? Like, that's not what's ideal for this team. Mm -hmm. What's ideal for this team is that he's given more space and that his defender has to be within shot, you know, contesting range. So what's behind that defender, if Rudy's at the elbow or the top of the key, that there's more space behind Rudy's guy so that other guys can – run the baseline and maybe Rudy drops off a pass instead of hitting a jumper. Maybe Rudy finds a dribble drive game that is effective where he can get to the basket and get fouled. It just opens up another world of pick and pop instead of pick and lob. It's huge. It's critical. It's massive. It turns this jazz team into a far more balanced offense when Rudy Gobert can hit just a simple 15 foot jump shot. And Jake, I, I don't I'm hope I'm not making too much of this, but it gives me real hope that this team can t take a step beyond where they were last year. Yeah, I mean, it definitely would help. I, I, I think, you know, one of the best points you made there is last night there was a conceded effort to uh, get him the ball. And I think, you know, we talked about this a lot in last year's postseason that, you know, there were times where this team just went away from feeding Rudy the ball. And, and we talked all about how Mike Conley being out really, really hurt how much uh, ball Rudy was getting. And and so I think to see last night that that it was a clear game plan and mission to get Rudy Gobert the ball in good situations was great to see. And, and I think, you know, for all those people who say, well, Quinn didn't make any adjustments or Quinn's not a good coach or blah, blah, blah. Like, like that's the kind of thing where I want to say, here, you're seeing it now. You're seeing the adjustment. You're seeing Quinn is saying, okay, We've got a defensive player of the year in our starting five, right? We've got a guy who can really be dynamic on defense and, and save us a lot of buckets, but now we got to figure out how to make him an asset instead of a liability on offense. And the way you do that is you get him going early. And I, and I particularly think, too, to be honest, we all know how much of a home court advantage the Viv is. 
And I just personally believe that if you get, like, to start out a game, like next Wednesday against OKC, you start out that game, why would you not just try to feed Rudy, like, five or six easy dunk opportunities to get the crowd into it and then feed off that energy? If I'm Quinn Snyder, I'm thinking about that. I'm like, man, like, let's get the momentum going early. This is our home opener. Like, let's let's get the vibes going, you know? And then at that point, let's start knocking down threes and, and getting into our normal game flow. So, overall, I just think that Rudy, Rudy has been a villain, but Rudy also has the opportunity, if he's put in the right positions, to be a hero for this team. And, and I think if he's going to start making that 15-footer, this team can can go places. Now, that said, on the other side of the coin, it was one 15-footer, right? So let's not say that he's all of a sudden got a reliable jump shot. Let's see if he can start making, as you were saying, three out of five or, you know, at most I would think he'd get six attempts a game, but I would think well, that's probably going to be two to four I mean, attempts a game. That'd be unbelievable. Yeah. If, if Rudy's taking six jumpers a game, that's too much. Yeah. But I just – I'm thrilled for the guy. I mean, this is, this is something – that you know Rudy has worked on. This is something that you know is meaningful to Rudy Gobert. I'm really happy for him because he's taken a lot of heat. And you only think about the money when you sign a contract that pays you $41 million a year. You really don't think about everything else that comes with that. You don't think about the heat, the expectations. You don't think about the focus that is, is put on you because of the money that you're making. Well, now I think Rudy Gobert is figuring out pretty quick that when you're one of the top paid guys in the NBA, you better perform like that. And when you don't, you're going to take a heck of a lot more blame than a guy like Donovan Mitchell, who's outperforming you on a nightly basis. Now, granted, they play different positions, whatever, but perception's reality. Rudy Gobert took a hell of a lot of blame for that Clippers series last year. If he comes out and he's hitting 15-foot jumpers, this is now a guy that is lethal. This is now a guy that's making a huge difference for the Utah Jazz. And I'm telling you, this is one of those moments where you look at Rudy Gobert and you just need, I mean, applaud, stand up, standing ovation. It's that big of a moment that Rudy Gobert hit a 15-foot jump shot. And I'm not even being sarcastic. I think this is one of those times where you're going to say, yeah, I remember when Rudy hit that first one in the preseason against, who was that? Milwaukee, I think. Yeah, that's when we knew that, you know, he had really worked on his game that summer. That's exactly what this does, and I'm thrilled for the guy. Yeah, no, I completely agree, man. And, and I think that the Jazz are – the Jazz, you know, are I feel like are in a good place. I, I think, you know, some other things that I saw last night around, you know, Rudy hitting that jumper were um, – I actually – was pretty happy overall with what I saw from the Jazz. I think Jared Butler is more than ready to be a nightly contributor. I, I think the guy has a ton of confidence. I think he's he's oh, controlling yeah. the offense when he's out there. Like, he's telling guys where to be, and, and I think that's great. Um, I think a big question mark is, is, is Bogey. I think Bogey looked pretty damn good last night. However... I do think there is a lot of hesitation. You really think he looked good? Yeah, I felt like he looked good, specifically in the second quarter in the transition game. I felt like when he he rolled up twice, he did it where where they were in transition, specifically the one where he was on the left side of the floor, walks right up into the three and knocks that down, and then in the uh um and then on the right hand side, he also took another one and and he and he looked comfortable. Um, I do agree with you. Um, you, you kind of brought up that, yeah, he, he was icing his shoulder and his wrist and, you know, he's maintenancing his body. Yeah. And I think like we talked about yesterday, the age thing is going to be a real thing this season for the Utah jazz. I think we're going to see them be yeah. aggressive with maintenance and guys. 
Yeah, I am not. I don't. I have some concerns about Bogey's game. I mean, Boyan Bogdanovich, as I said yesterday on the show, so not to be redundant, but Boyan Bogdanovich is a critical performer for this team. He has to play well if this team's going to win on a consistent and at a high level. Boyan Bogdanovich, in my opinion, has to be in the middle of it. But the issue is that when you see what he's trying to do, Boyan is trying to be a dribble drive guy. That's not his game. His game is, hey, there's a guy running at me. I have the ball in the corner. There's a guy running at me on a three. I just need to dribble once, sidestep that, and shoot my three. Because when he goes to the basket off the drive, off the dribble rather, off the bounce, he's turning the ball over more times than not. And the thing that I, I have concern for is that largely this rotation's going to be the same. Now, one of the things that I'm really excited about is the physicality that this team has that last year's club never had. Um, I think Eric Paschal is a guy that we saw is capable of banging bodies and pissing people off. And I think that's a real important attribute. Um, but Boyan Bogdanovich muscling up on guys on the post is not something I'm that excited about. Um, if one out of every 15 possessions you throw him the ball, 20 possessions in the block, okay, I can deal with that. This cannot be a guy who passes up three-pointers and tries to get to the basket. That is not his game. That's never going to be his game. He is, a, you know, he essentially is a, a 12-year-old dog who's not going to be able to change his stripes. Like, this is who this guy is. He is an elite three-point shooter, and he's a guy who occasionally can get on the block and bang bodies. Let's not try to make him do things that he's not capable of or comfortable of. That's a real concern for me. Um, other than that, all, I, all I've seen this preseason is development and, and growth from this Jazz team. And I think that is really exciting. I think when you look at the way Donovan Mitchell's playing, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well in the preseason. But you can see that the game has evolved a little more. He's a little more bouncy. He's a little more... I feel like Donovan's a little more explosive this year than he was last year. Obviously, we've talked about Rudy's evolution. One of the things that still concerns me, the defense on this team has not gotten better. Um, I see a situation where, and you know, oddly, we talked about this on the show yesterday yes, we as did, well. And we rolled it right out. You have the <laughs> NBA champions, the Milwaukee Bucks, come into your house and absolutely bully Rudy Gobert on the block. Giannis Antetokounmpo did not hesitate to put a shoulder into the larynx of Rudy Gobert yep. and he attacked his chest and his, his, his shoulders and he got to the basket two, three times doing it. The other issue is, is that Milwaukee very clearly tactically planned to switch Rudy Gobert in pick and rolls. And they did it masterfully. And it allowed guys like Pat Connaughton uh, and Brooke Lopez to have open looks in the corner. And it's that one particular corner, Mm -hmm. that one set either corner but that one particular set that gets you an open look in the corner where hey there's a switch Rudy's in no man's land we're gonna drive Rudy sags to the basket kick to the corner wide open three the Jazz are going to have to figure out how to defend that mm -hmm. because that is their Achilles heel defensively yep Rudy is a guy that's a shot blocker shot blockers are always going to be susceptible to the attack in close range okay we can deal with that if you're going to body up Rudy Gobert, you're going to lose that probably six or ten times. Okay, cool. I'm good with that. I'm not good with continuing to let the Rudy Gobert's guy fade to the corner and shoot threes because that's what beat you against the Clippers, 
And frankly, they're going to have to figure out how to defend that. Yeah, I completely agree, 100%. And I think, you know, what you saw with Giannis against Rudy is what you're going to see a lot more, I think, this year in the league. And, and I think this is kind of what we discussed yesterday with Rudy. Like, it's not that Rudy is such an intimidating force. It right. really depends who he's playing. So if you're playing Giannis, Giannis doesn't care who he's playing. He's going to bully him and, and get to his spot, right? So that's not necessarily a Rudy issue. But I think when Rudy is playing, you know, a team like, let's say the Lakers, and it's and somehow the Lakers find a way to get LeBron switched on to Rudy, that's going to be an awkward situation, you know, or any other team that you look at. So I just think overall the defense, it's what it's what they always say, man. Honestly, it's what they always say. Defense wins championships. That's it's, right. It's how the Bucks got past the Nets. It's how the Bucks got past the Suns. Like it's it, they they play great defense, and and I think that this this Jazz team is going to have to find their way defensively if they want to get to the Western Conference Finals and ultimately uh, play for a championship. Well, and one of the other things I think we need to talk about that we probably don't talk about enough across all of sports, I think, is that Quinn Snyder's also ha has to develop. I mean, Quinn Snyder has done, a, I think, a very good job with this team. Um, I think that Quinn has been a, 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 an above average, above wins over whoever would replace him coach. But he also has to grow. And whether we're talking about Rudy Gobert's jump shot, whether we're talking about Donovan Mitchell developing a really consistent, lethal mid-range game, or whether we're talking about Boyan Bogdanovich and the highest, best use for bogey, mm -hmm. Quinn Snyder has to have a better season this year than he had last year. And I think, you know, hey, what is Trent Forrest going to become on this team? Now, he's dealing with a concussion. Okay, I'm, that's cool. I get it. But Trent Forrest has a, a skill set that can play in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Can he play on this Jazz team? And I don't know the answer to that yet. I don't know that right now he has a place. I think Jared Butler certainly has taken minutes away from Trent Forrest. Yeah, no doubt. There, yeah, there's no doubt no about question. that. Because I also think Jared Butler has been very good, as you mentioned, in the preseason. He's been unbelievable. Yeah. And at times he's forced it, but he's a rookie in the preseason trying to cut his teeth. That's not a problem. But when he gets comfortable in the NBA at the NBA level with his game, Jared Butler is going to be a problem. And not only is it going to be a problem for the opponent, he's going to be a problem for guys like Oni and Forrest. And he's going to be a problem for this team in the rotation because he's going to push up so damn hard. Yeah. You know? I, and I think, I think if you're Trent Forrest and you know, that the, the hard part about talking about the jazz is that jazz fans get so possessive of the young guys on this roster. Mm-hmm. Guys like Oni don't have a place on this roster. I don't believe that Yudoka Azubuki has a place on this roster. I just don't see him playing. I don't see a guy like an Elijah Hughes playing. I, I, I mean, those are cleanup guys. Those are five, seven minutes when you're up 30 points. Those are not, hey, it's the second quarter. You know, we need a bucket. Let me put Elijah Hughes in. Yeah. They, like Trent Forrest in. You know, Mia Onian, you, those guys don't have a place in this team. But isn't that the development of the roster now? Because last year they did. Well, yeah, and I, I, I would agree you are deeper. I'm not. I'm still not sold on the idea that the Jazz bench is all of a sudden, you know, five guys deep and it's unbelievable. Well, here's the thing. Quinn, Quinn never plays five guys off the bench. He, he doesn't. doesn't. And, no, and, he doesn't. And so I don't think the Jazz need to be five deep on the bench. Would it be great if they were? Sure, but... But the fact is, is, is Quinn's going to play a starting five and he's going to rotate maybe three guys into that mix to backfill. So 
if you're looking sure. at this, you've you've got those three guys. You've got Jared Butler, you've got Hassan Whiteside, and you've got Eric Pascal. You've got your three guys right there. Those are going to be the three guys that get the lion's shares of the minutes coming off the bench. Yeah. Like, that's just what it's going to be. And so so don't be surprised when Jared Butler is being talked about on the show as a potential, you know, like six-man-of-the-year candidate sometimes when he had a 25-point performance and he popped off. Like, that's going to happen this season for him. Like, not all the time. But he'll be in those conversations when he's on SportsCenter after he had some ridiculous night, right? So, like, that's why I say this team, you don't have to worry about Elijah Hughes and Doak and all these guys sitting at the end of the bench warming up their seat, right? You ain't got to worry about those guys. You got to worry about the starting five, and then you got to worry about Hassan Whiteside, Jared Butler, and Eric Paschal. At past that, you're not worrying about anybody because those are the eight guys you're going to play and, and live or die with. I, that's just what I truly believe is going to happen this year. Yeah, I, I I think you're going to probably – I mean, the one guy that's on that bench that has the potential to see any kind of significant, consistent minutes, 10 minutes or more, I think is probably Oni um, just because of his defensive body. But, I mean, he, 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 in my mind, does not bring you very much offensively. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think this is largely the same rotational type team it was last year. I don't know what's going to happen with Rudy Gay. Um, I worry about his age. I worry about already having surgery on his lower body. Well, like, what kind of timing is that? That's still that's still kind of oh, it's brutal. It, it still kind of pokes me. It's brutal because he's never going to have played a preseason game for you the first time he ever suits up. Yeah, and it, it it he's a guy that I think is really important because he has a very diverse skill set. He can play the three, four, five. He can hit jump shots and he can defend those positions as well. I think those are the questions that I have about this team. The Rudy Gobert jump shot is a revelation. If he does that consistently, this changes the fortune of the Jazz. Now, does that mean that they can win a championship with him? I'm still not convinced of that. I need to see what that total package looks like. And I'm telling you, you have got to find a solution for the way teams are going to scheme Rudy Gobert out of the paint. Because mm -hmm. they're going to do it. You can see it with Brooke Lopez. And by the way, by the way, the other thing that I think you're seeing is Rudy Gobert is going to have to play more in control with his emotions. That's the other thing I wanted to bring up here. The one thing that I would say negatively about Rudy is he still gets frustrated, especially with like Pat Connaughton was guarding him last night. Rudy got very lucky that they did not call him for throwing an elbow into to, to Pat Connaughton. He tends to lose his emotion in significant moments. And I that's one of those things. We saw it in Philly last year. And what we've seen is Donovan Mitchell has really curtailed that. Since that ejection, mm -hmm. we've seen Donovan really bring that way down. Rudy's gone up from there, not down. And I think it's one of those things because Rudy, he gets fouled and commits fouls on every single play. He is He's a guy that guys are going to bang off the screen and roll. Um, you are seeing that guys are putting multiple bodies on him in the box out. Rudy is a, if you watch Rudy Gobert closely, he's a jersey grabber. He's a guy who will hold your jersey so you can't jump. And then he's a guy who, when he has his back to the basket, knows that that's not comfort for him. So you're going to see him box out those elbows and swing his elbows around to seal guys. Mm -hmm. And when he gets called for offensive fouls, he gets really pissed off. Yeah, And it's something he's going to have to really work to curtail because – those little things make a huge difference. All right, let's get some of your comments in here. Uh, Neville 93, what's up? First one in, he says, good morning, guys. What a game that Utah Jazz had. Oh, my gosh, that was fun to watch. 
and Butler kicking butt. Yeah, for sure. Brylark says, yo, what's up, boys? Brylark, good morning to you. Um, Regular Life says, yo. Hello. What's up, Regular Life? James Knight says, how smooth was Jingles last night? Yeah, I thought his ability to high-five and smack ass on the bench was pretty incredible. Don't you know who I am? I mean, as a guy who didn't play a single minute last night and um, really contributed nothing, Um. I mean, he was as smooth as silk, man. I agree. That's a great point. Austin Hibbler says Rudy was uh, Rudy has made jump shots in games before. I usually only see a couple attempts a year, though. Would be nice to see a lot more. I've I've never seen him shoot it that comfortably. Does, I've does never this, seen him shoot it that comfortably. Does this call for a major bag alert? I mean, I know it's the preseason, so no, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It doesn't. No. No. Um, okay. All right. It, it just knock it off. Okay. Sorry. Um. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to play a bag alert? I mean. I mean, I, my bag is major. That's why you can always play it, and it's appropriate. I mean, yeah, it's appropriate. It's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, my point is, um, Austin Hibbler says that Rudy's made jumpers before. I've never seen him look that comfortable. No, he, he took that in rhythm. He caught and, sh- and shot in rhythm comfortably. Yeah. I have never seen Rudy do it that comfortably before. Uh, but me, Austin, I I know you're you're right. He's hit he's hit jumpers before, but well, and we don't watch jazz games, so like we could. That's a good it. point. That's good. We don't watch jazz games. Regular life says went to the bathroom and uh, a cucumber fell out. My grandpa started laughing and said, "Got ya." His pranks are getting out of control. <coughs> okay, so regular life. Regular life's going to be that guy because he's already got a filtered comment too. So okay. Uh, Kenny says, interestingly, the play after the mid-range, Rudy got the ball again in the mid-range. Coach Q even told him to shoot, but he got scared and did some weird post move and turned the ball over. Instead of shooting the jumper, and I I know the exact play that that Kenny's talking about. Instead of shooting the jumper, he put the ball on the floor and tried to attack the basket and turned it over. I just don't understand why Rudy um, in the preseason doesn't just take a bunch of shots. Who cares? It's the preseason. That's the whole point of the game. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, hello again, fellows. Hello, Greg. Always appreciate you being here, Greg. Uh, Gabe Ledley uh, is still cold chilling. He says, it's still the preseason, right? Checks the calendar. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Wow. Okay. By the way, speaking of Gabe Ledley, how about the Phoenix Mercury last night? Yeah. I'm telling you, man. How about my girl Sophie Cunningham, bro? She broke some people off last night. Is she a school teacher now? No. Well, then you're not going to date her because you only date school teachers. It's quite simple, so I don't know why motherfuckers be overcomplicating it. That's what I'm saying. James Knight says, you guys really do uh, overemphasize Rudy's offensive game. They are desperate for him to contribute something other than a dunk. It will, you will see. If he makes that 15-foot jump shot consistently, he's going to become a weapon. It, it's the, it unlocks so many things for so them. what Joel Embiid brings to the Sixers. Yeah, Brandon Whiteside says, uh, Whiteside's looking like he is starting to get how the Jazz play. Rudy and Whiteside are going to be scary for the league. Well, I mean, they are kind of a yin and yang now. I mean, it is. this is one of the things that Quinn's going to have to figure out is how to play Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside together. <laughs> That'll be interesting. I never say his name normally. Is Snyder going to be willing to run plays to get Rudy a jump shot a few times a night during the regular season? I don't know. Do you do that? I don't know that you intentionally run sets to get him a jumper because, uh, frankly, that's not high percentage offense, as I like to call it. But I do think that what's going to happen is Quinn is going to say, hey, when you get the ball, 
because you're going to see a lot of jumpers come from the pick and roll game. So like yes. when you get the ball in certain situations, Rudy, and you're at the free throw line or the elbow or anywhere in that mid range area, if you have a look, take the shot, like take the shot because the only way you're going to get more comfortable with that is by shooting it. That And, and I think in, in order for Gobert to not feel that anxiety about shooting the ball, because I don't blame him for feeling the anxiety, right? I mean, this is a whole new thing for him. Honestly, like, I'm not even hating on the guy. It is a new thing in his game. Yes. So, so the idea that he would be comfortable with it already is definitely far-fetched. Was he comfortable with the one he made? Yes, he was. But he also took that in rhythm and knocked it down. But when, you know, you're playing OKC next Wednesday and you get that opportunity, is he going to hesitate or is he just going to take the shot? And what's going to happen the first time he bricks one? Yeah, and, and so the point I was getting to is it's it's when we talk about Quinn and what he needs to do behind the scenes, Quinn has got to be on the same page with Rudy and Quinn needs to be telling Rudy, hey, when you get the opportunity, take the shot. There's nothing wrong with that. Take the shot and I'll reel you in if you're taking too many. That's what it has to be. <laughs> Barry says you guys are on the. Barry says you guys are on the struggle bus to say anything nice about Rudy Gobert. Why don't you just move on? What struggle bus is yeah, that, like, dude? What, help what, me un- help me understand what we're struggling with. I'm just curious. What are we struggling with? <laughs> I, I think this is as celebratory as I've ever been. Yeah. Or as I have ever felt about anything that Rudy Gobert has ever done. We're not moving on from Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert is going to decide if they win a championship or not. Does, is everyone on the same page? Can we just get this out right now? You guys realize winning a championship has nothing to do with Donovan Mitchell, right? You get that. Don's going to give you what he's going to give you every single night, and that's what makes him Donovan Mitchell. He's always going to get his. Championship basketball is decided by your 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 not not role players because Rudy's not a role player. But you get my point. Your secondary guy. How good can this is the second guy? I think if you look back over time, it is always somebody else. Um, Steve Kerr and you know Hanson or who Bobby Hanson or whoever you want to point to with the Bulls. Um, you know, it's always that second guy. It's PJ Tucker stopping you know? Kevin Durant. Yeah, I you mean, know, it like- is. It is those guys that do the little intangible things. Rudy Gobert's fifteen foot jump shot is a is a significant little thing. Why do you think we spend so much time talking about his offensive game? You ever stop to think about that? Why Why does everyone talk about it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree with important. that. It's important. And Spencer Morgan says Snyder needs to find a way to utilize bogey. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Yarmio says Rudy can hit threes. No kidding. He's hit nine threes in a row in a scrimmage. But you don't want Rudy shooting threes. See, and this is the thing that you have to understand something. Every three-pointer that Rudy Gobert takes, takes away from somebody else that's a high percentage, yeah. 37 to 40% three-point shooter. Do you want Rudy Gobert or Joe Ingles shooting a three? Rudy or Bogey? Rudy or Conley? Rudy or Don? Don? Rudy or... Jared Butler? Jordan Clarkson? You don't want Rudy shooting threes. That's why I always Rudy say... Rudy or Royce O'Neal? Well, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, And that's another conversation, though. Like, This guy tried to get into my ass yesterday on YouTube about how he said that, that the Jazz need to upgrade Royce O'Neal. They do. He's an elite defender. He shoots the three. He, he, I mean, he is a key contributor in the playoffs. He scored seven, <laughs> seven points a game. 
and got torched by Paul George. And he's a key contributor? Come on, guy. Like, I I want Rudy Gobert to shoot 15-foot jump shots two or three times a game. I want it. Not 10 or 11. That's what... And this is the thing that I, I hope we've talked through this well enough at this point. Rudy doesn't need to be a 30-point-a-night guy. He just needs to be 20 points on something other than a dunk. That's it. Because he's still going to get his dunks. 20 and 20 every night. But if the guy just shoots a 15-footer for four points a night, man, you're in so much better shape. You have a lot more space in the paint. You don't have the Valanchunases of the world. You don't have the Avica Zubatses of the world, the Batums of the world, leaving Rudy Gobert 10 feet open at the top of the key because they know he'll never shoot it. He needs to shoot that shot. Trust me, it makes a big difference. Brylark says, yo, boys, just learned I'm going to be a father. Yo, let's go. Any tips, Monty? Well, it sounds, you know... Brylark, it sounds like you know how to use your tip just fine. Yeah, seriously. Okay, so... The rock attack! Buy life insurance. Right now, now you know you're having a baby, Brylark. Just start amassing Amazon gift cards. Right God now. bless. Right now. On this show, we should all put together a Venmo, and we should send Brylark a massive, massive Amazon gift card. I'm going to do that. Because I'm telling you, that's... You, the cost of diapers, and please, God, Brylark, Brylark, listen to me. Listen. Do not use reusable diapers. What? Please. The chafing on the scrotum is... Come on, fuck it. Uh-oh. Damn. Hell, oh. And by the way, I hope it's a boy. Because when you're going to have your first child and it's a boy, there's nothing like it. But when somebody says, hey, are you guys registered? Yeah, MF, I'm registered with gimmeanamazongiftcard.com. All you want when you're going to have your first child, just start raking in Amazon cash. Because you can subscribe to diapers. You can subscribe to clothing. You can anything you need for a baby. It's on Amazon and you can subscribe to it. Get it. I'm, that's my advice to you, Brylark. Congratulations. Very happy for you. Spencer Morgan says, one big problem with Quinn, in my opinion, is that he's not willing to devote rational minutes during the regular season to player development. Never. That's no. just not who he is. And and I this is why I go back to this question of what does home court advantage mean? Because last year it didn't mean a damn thing. Right? It didn't mean anything. I would much rather rest Mike Conley and play Jared Butler. I would much rather – I. I personally am not a big believer in the Onis of the world or like Yudoka Azabuki to me is not somebody that you need to develop. Um, like Trent Forrest, I would put meaningful minutes in the Trent Forrest because you can see he's improving as a player. You can see he still doesn't like to shoot the ball. He likes to dunk the ball. Okay, I'm good with that. Then now you got to make him shoot the three and he's got to shoot it at a 35% level. Develop him. He's a guy you want to give minutes to. Other than that, there's not a whole lot of development projects on this team that I think you're you're you should be excited to. <laughs> to to yeah to get into yeah that that's just my opinion. Josh Blaylock Dixon says it will unlock so many things. I think the Rudy jump shot. Yeah, Rudy. MGTV jump shot. says PJ Tucker didn't stop Kevin Durant. Uh, I would disagree with that. He did. 
We watched every minute of every one of those games. Kevin Durant still went for 45 or whatever. He, no. he still got his. Having but. said that, if, 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 Chaboy, Kevin Durant understood Dude. that you can't put your toenail on the three-point line. How dumb do you think I am? He's probably got another championship ring at this point. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Chaboy. Yeah. That's Jake's favorite player. Uh, Spencer Morgan says Ron Harper, Dennis Rodman. Absolutely. Exactly. Jeremy Bolton says uh, burp clothes. You can never have enough burp clothes. Exactly right. Exactly right. And by the way, by the way, Brylark, you want more advice? Here's more advice. Unequivocally, learn to the, the art of patience. Because your wife is going gonna, is gonna to have some tough moments. Get up in the middle of the night and, and swaddle and hold the baby. Get up in the middle of the night and feed the baby. Change the baby. Let your wife go get manicures. And I always tell people this about first-time parents. Budget money for your wife to spoil herself. Postpartum. Budget money for her to get manicures. Budget money for her to go in, you know, stay in wherever, Park City for a night with the girls. Budget money for your wife and her mom to go out to dinner. Because you need to do that. Oh, by the way, budget money for a babysitter so you and your wife can go out and feel like a couple again. Because, and I'm all for children. Don't get me wrong. I had one. I was done. One is where it's at. Trust me. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But the thing that happens is your life is never the same. You're so fucked. No. No. <laughs> but your life is never the same. When you become a parent, you lose freedoms that you'll never reacquire. And a lot of them are things you don't think about. You don't think about the fact that, well, I can't, for the next 25 years, I can't walk around my house naked. Um, for the next 25 years, there's not a bag of my favorite chip that's mine and mine alone. For the next 25 years, I don't know who drank the last of the almond milk or the rock star recovery. You forget the freedom that you had. And I'm telling you, bask in those moments now. Because whether you want to embrace it or not, when, you, when your wife gets pregnant, your sex life changes forever. From this moment forward, your sex life changes forever. You now have a laundry list of questions you've never thought of and you probably don't know the answer to. So bulletproof that process. Don't be a man. Be a dad. Go to parenting classes. I did, and it absolutely changed the way I looked at being a parent. Work on yourself as much as you work on your child. I, I, I'm passionate about it. So many people mm -hmm. have kids, and they do, they're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to go to work tomorrow, and everything will be fine. And I'm going to come home, and we're going we're gonna to go out and get sushi like we always do. Nothing is like you always did. Nothing. So there you go. Hope I can help. Um, taking furious notes here, boys. All good stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. This is. This is not my portion of the show. I don't know anything about this. You know. No, because you ain't even gonna land babies. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, "Great advice, Monty. Treat her like a queen. Let her take. Let her take naps whenever she wants. That's right. Seriously. Build in. And you know what I would do, Brylark? I would. I would sit with your wife. Now. At some point, sit with your wife. And say, okay, let's put a system in place. 
because if you think about what a woman goes through, and I'm not going to get all biomechanical and on you, but if you think about what having a baby does to your body, I mean, it destroys your abdominal cavity. Kitty cat juices is not all over the place. So she's not going to be feeling great about herself. She's going to be feeling fat. She's going to have lower self-esteem. She is going to have endorphins and hormones that she has no control of and doesn't understand. And you just giving her a kiss on the forehead when she's crying makes all the difference in the world. So what I would say to you is make a plan. Sit with her and say, hey, look, I understand that our lives as a couple are going to change. Let's never forget who we are now and how much we, you know, how much we've invested in each other and not to get all emotional, but like, hey, how much we love each other. And let's not forget this because there are going to be times where you guys are going to scream at each other over spilled baby food on the counter. That's going to happen. And if you lose yourself in those fights over the spilled baby food, you eventually never remember who you used to be. And it's a, it's a real challenge. It's, it's something that me and Mrs. Monty have, have dealt with. And it's something that when you openly communicate about it and talk about it before it happens, because then when you fight over the spilled baby food on the counter, you laugh at each other instead. You're like, hey, this is that fight we talked about. So, hey, you know what? In Brylark, be a man and clean up the baby food on the counter. Hey, you know what? Let me get this. Let me make sure I take the garbage out. Hey, let me make sure that I pick up the kids. Let me make sure, hey, Brylark, do yourself a favor. If you don't know how to do laundry, learn to do laundry. It's those little things, not every day, but it's those little things when you're willing to chip in, even after you've been at work all day or at school all day. I don't know your life setup, uh, but Bryce, trust me, if, you're, if you will just do those little things and if you will sit down with your wife and say, hey, let's make a plan. How are we going to handle spilled baby food? How are we going to handle 2 a.m. feedings where this kid just won't stop screaming? Dude, that's such an ass kicker, bro. It's, it is so hard on you. You got to put structure in place so you don't have to rely on yourself to make the choice. The choice is made Because already. the worst thing in the world is yeah. when you and your wife are laying in bed yeah. and, and the 2.30 baby screaming alarm clock goes off. Dog in the middle of the night. And she's nudging you and you're nudging her. Just get up and do it. Make a plan. Talk about it. So then there's no nudging. So then when you're like, well, hey, it's Wednesday night, you know, Wednesday morning at 2.30 a.m. Hey, Bryce, that we, we were, you know, no, it's, well, I'm going to get out of bed now because we agreed to this ahead of time. I'm telling you. I know it sounds systematic. But you have to do it or, or like, like I, I understand what you're saying. Again, I'm not an expert. I haven't been through this before, but I completely get what you're saying. It sounds like what you're saying is, is you got to put structure in place ahead of time so that, when it is 2 a.m. in the morning, the, the choice is like basically pre-made already. It's, it's like meal prepping, right? You just want to be able to go to the fridge and, and, and get your food. And 2.30 in the morning, you don't want to talk about whose turn it is. You know whose turn it is. So then right. you just go and do it. James Knight's all upset now. He oh said, God, thanks, Brylark. You cut into the Rudy bashing time. Spinal. There's no rules on this show. We can bash Rudy every day. We can day. do whatever we want to do. Um, parenting is systematic. It is. Uh, Eric, uh, Eric Devera says, Gobert just became a jazz dad as he now and took responsibility for taking jumpers. Thank you. Mm -hmm. His life just changed since he was exposed as a non-threat offensively beyond three feet. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Kenny says, I'll just watch how Joe Ingles is Paul George's father and take notes. 
<laughs> I love the parenting references being worked in. Can we, let's talk about Kyrie real quick. Um, Kyrie Irving yesterday got on Instagram Live. And we've talked about this on the show for going on a couple of weeks. Right. Kyrie Irving has been for the better part of a month not talking about vaccines. Mm -hmm. So he got on Instagram Live last night and said this. Don't believe that I'm retiring. Don't believe that, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give up this game uh, for a vaccine mandate or staying unvaccinated. Don't believe any of that shit, man. Like, like really be aware of what's being said uh, before I even get a chance to be on the podium and speak for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like all these people saying all these things about what's going on with me and it's just not true. Pay attention to what's going on out in the real world. You know, people are losing their jobs to these mandates. Uh, people are having to make choices with their own lives, which I respect, you know, and and I don't want to um, sit here and, and play on people's emotions either. Just use logic. You know, what would you do? You know, if, if you felt uncomfortable going into the season uh, when you were promised that you would have exemptions, or that you didn't have to be forced to get the vaccine. You know, this wasn't an issue uh, before the season started. This this wasn't something that I foresaw coming. Okay, so he says, oh, man, are you really going to believe all the rumors before I even get to sit up on this uh, podium and talk about it? Oh, that's right. Kyrie two weeks ago did sit up on a podium and not talk about it. Understanding you want to keep this private, and I do think that, I do think there's you know people should have privacy to a certain extent, but uh, people are speculating about certain stances you have and that you're not going to be available to your team and that kind of thing. And just why don't you want to clear that up to some extent? Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. Is in fans too. They, they also want to know, not just us. Yeah, next question. So, wait, I thought no, you hadn't had a chance to talk about it. Uh, before I even get a chance to be on the podium and speak for myself. That was two weeks ago when that reporter asked you. Gave you an opportunity, an open forum, to talk about vaccines and why you're not vaccinated. And now all of a sudden that they've suspended you and said you can't come around the team. Now, all of a sudden, you haven't gotten a chance to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Now that the Nets are making it known that they are not going to offer you a contract extension. Now, all of a sudden, you're a victim and you haven't gotten a chance to speak your own words. Uh, before I even get a chance to be on the podium and speak for myself. What are you talking about? You're a liar. You're a hypocrite. You're what's wrong with vaccines in our country. You don't want to be held accountable for the things that you said. Yeah, Joe, next question. Joe Rogan podcast yesterday. Mm. Sanjay Gupta from CNN went on the Joe Rogan podcast yesterday to kind of have it out with Joe because Joe Rogan is, admittedly, he used ivermectin. <laughs> and CNN has been calling ivermectin a horse drug. In some forms, it's a horse drug. But I applaud Joe Rogan for holding CNN to account mm -hmm. because CNN knows damn well that there is a human and a horse variation. Hydroxychloroquine. Nobody wants to be held accountable. Kyrie Irving doesn't want to be held accountable mm -hmm. for what he's saying and what he's doing. Yeah, please respect my privacy. Next question. He's all of a sudden standing up for people who have lost their jobs over this. Bro, you have not lost your job over this. You have chosen this path. 
You have chosen not to be. And by the way, now you're just delaying it because you also said in that statement yesterday on Instagram that do you really think I'm going to retire or quit or give up all this money for a vaccine? Don't believe that, you know, I'm going to give up this game uh, for a vaccine mandate or staying unvaccinated. Don't believe any of that shit, man. Like, like really be aware. So you are going to get vaccinated. So this is just a charade. You just want attention. Well, guess what? My guess is you're never going to play for the Brooklyn Nets again. Uh, before I even get a chance to be on the podium and speak for myself. I mean, I am just... It's insane. I mean, he's literally saying... He's hes literally talking out of both sides of his mouth, as the saying goes, right? I mean, he's saying... Basically, here, without saying it, he's saying, I am going to get vaccinated on one hand, right? He's kind of sending that message, right? Like, don't believe everything you're hearing. I'm not giving up this game. I'm not retiring. Okay, so that means you're going to get vaccinated then, right? Like, just being logical. I, I'm Like, seriously. Like, if you disagree, tell me in the comments. But this is what I – when I heard this, I was like, wait. Doesn't that then mean that you are going to get vaccinated if you're saying that, yeah. that we shouldn't believe everything that we're hearing? But then you're going to come out and say that you haven't had a chance to – to talk about why it is you're doing what you're doing right and then and then you want to say on top of all of that in the first 15 seconds of this audio bite you then want to say that that promises were made about religious exemptions so wait let me get this right is this about religious exemption because now all of a sudden you you converted to islam in the middle of the season last year and cost your team a bunch of wins or is this about people losing their jobs but wait, I thought you were going to get vaccinated. So this is why I say I don't hate Kyrie Irving. I hate his messaging. He's not clear on what it is that he stands for or yeah. why he's here. This is not a religious exemption thing. This is I don't know what it is because I don't believe he's standing up for people that have lost their jobs. But this is the problem I have. Kyrie Irving is not taking a stance on anything. Right. What is Kyrie Irving doing? He is being an attention whore. That's what he's being. He is saying, hey, like this for whatever, however he's got this worked out in his head, he's basically sitting out and being in the media constantly, being a distraction. And I applaud the Brooklyn Nets for saying, we're not going to give you an extension. You're definitely not playing with the team until you're vaccinated. And we're happy to have you sit at home because the fact of the matter is, is we have two players who are damn well better than you are on our team right now who are going to play every single game this year, unless they're hurt. Like we don't like the fact is they don't need Kyrie Irving. And this is what I don't think Kyrie Irving understands, or maybe he does understand, but just as in denial, you messed it up in Cleveland. You messed it up in Boston without a doubt. And now you're messing it up in Brooklyn. The only difference is, is Brooklyn's good enough to absorb you being an idiot, so they don't need you. That's the difference. If you think about it, this Brooklyn Nets team does not need Kyrie and, in fact, are better when he's not on the floor. The hard part is is that, according to Brian Windhorst from ESPN, when New York passed this law in August that you essentially, if you wanted to be in, in, in closed spaces with groups of people, I don't know, like practice facilities and arenas, that you had to be vaccinated. And so there were several Knicks and Nets players that were not vaccinated. All of them got vaccinated when that law was put into place, except Kyrie Irving. Wait, so did any of those people die? No, but the point is, at the time, Kyrie Irving said, yeah, don't worry about me, it's not going to be an issue. When the Nets flew out to San Diego, because their owner lives in La Jolla, 
which is a beautiful, beautiful Love ocean it. town in San Diego, north of San Diego. The owner and Kyrie sat down at the owner's house and Kyrie promised that owner he was going to get vaccinated. And he's still not vaccinated. And to me, that's the biggest problem. I, I just I just don't know what you say about this. I, I, I just don't know. They told him, Joe Sy, the owner of the, the Nets, is that they were not going to allow him to practice or play in any games. He's known since training camp that they, they were not going to allow him to practice or play in games until he was, he was fully vaccinated. And yet he has chosen to not get vaccinated. And, you know, the thing that really comes to my mind when I, when I hear you say that is think about the culture in an NBA locker room, right, when it comes to things that are essentially non-negotiable for you to be on the floor, right? Before COVID times, just a couple of examples. Before COVID times, before you had to worry about vaccinations and all this stuff, right? Think about what's required of an NBA player to be in the flow every day and be cool with your teammates. Well, you got to be in shape, right? You got to be on time, right? And you got to be locked in. You got to be watching film. You got to be, you know, be like prepping, like all this stuff, right? And they do, most NBA teams do all of that together, right? You're a unit. You're a family, right? You spend more nights a year with these guys than you do your actual family. That's right. So then let's fast forward, right? Wind the clocks forward to COVID times. Hey, we got we got a couple guys who 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 frankly are uncomfortable getting a vaccination. But then New York passes this law. Well, I got news for you. You're in Brooklyn, right? So you're in New York. And and so these guys go ahead and make a sacrifice and get vaccinated. They went ahead and did it. And now they can be part of the team. This is the only guy that's not doing that. So to come out two weeks ago and say that you're a leader and you got your team's back and you're going to be there and this isn't going to be a problem is, is frankly just garbage. Well, and, and the Nets, according to Windhorse, made it very clear to him that if you are not vaccinated, we are going to move on from you and we are going to continue doing what our process is without you. And he told them, yeah, it won't be a problem. And here we are three weeks later, a week away from tip off, and he's still not vaccinated. And the other thing to keep in mind is even if he got a shot today, even if he got the first dose of Pfizer today, yeah, he wouldn't be eligible to play for another month because you got 14 days on your first shot. Another 14 days on your second shot as you're finding out right now. You just got the booster. What did they say? 14 days until you're fully vaccinated. So your first your first jab doesn't doesn't do the job. So I mean, what are we really talking about with Kyrie Irving? Well, what we're really talking about is number one, his career is at risk. There's no question about it. Yes. You have a track record of being a malcontent, and now you don't want to get vaccinated. So that's just number one. Number two, even if he got vaccinated tomorrow or today, it'd be an additional 30 days. So this guy is going to probably miss at a minimum the first month of the season. Let's assume that he burns two more weeks being Kyrie Irving, the guy we all know and love off the court. You're probably talking about this guy missing the first probably two months of the season. And again, I think this is very comparable to Nick Rolovich at Washington State. It is. Nick Rolovich is the only coach in major college football that is not vaccinated. And he is trying to get a religious exemption from the state of Washington. He's never been a religious guy. He's never talked about it in the past. And all of a sudden you want to claim a religious exemption. You, I, I, I don't know how other to say it than I, I, I don't mind if you don't want to get vaccinated, but you're making a choice to give up your career. Yeah. Because you just cannot risk the people that are around you. You're being selfish. If you are not vaccinated, the, the facts are the facts. 
The people that are dying from coronavirus are unvaccinated. The people who are spreading coronavirus are the unvaccinated. And that's the amazing thing to me about Kyrie or <clears throat> Nick Rolovich or, or Andrew Wiggins at the time or any of these guys, right? All they think about, all they're thinking about is how will the vaccine affect my body? And that's what we do in this country, and that's what I have a problem with. Yeah. All we do is we say, well, how will the vaccine affect me? I don't know, dude. How about all the other people that you see on a daily basis? What about them? They don't have a choice. And what, why, again, the thing that I'll say is, why were you not against polio or chicken pox? Or, like, why do you get a flu shot every year? It's the same thing. You, you, yet now we have politicized COVID vaccines to the point where, you know, people are like, well, they make you wear seatbelts in cars. Okay, well, I look, don't wear a seatbelt, but then don't sue people when you get killed in a car accident, right? And the problem with, and this is what people also don't want to talk about. The problem with seatbelts and vaccines are exactly the same. Somebody's going to pay that bill. Yes. When you go to the hospital and you take up a bed because you have COVID in an ICU, and now we're at capacity and we can't do anything that's not urgent emergency surgeries because you chose not to get vaccinated. You took up an emergency room bed because you didn't wear a seatbelt. So instead of somebody coming to hospital A, they had to go to hospital B. And by the way, who's paying the freight for that? Because the, the, it, do you think people haven't died? I'm so frustrated Bro, with this. Do you think people haven't died? from non-COVID related injuries because they had to go to a further away hospital because the first hospital was full. You think that hasn't happened? This, These are the things that we don't think about. And that's why I say, I know we have people in the comments who are like, well, you guys are too hard on Kyrie or you guys are wrong about COVID. COVID or not, I'll be damned if people are going to die because of other people's decisions, right? So I'm I, I'm, I'm never going to cut Kyrie a break because... <sighs> Because people are dying because he's he's unvaccinated. We've seen this. We're seeing it. I think we had a commenter yesterday, or maybe it was Friday, who came into the comments on this show and was like, "Hey, I'm in. I want to say it was the Philippines or like you know, uh, you know, over on that part of the globe," and said, "We don't even have access to vaccines. People are dying every day." Yeah, Michael Burton says your kids have zero percent chance of being impacted by COVID. That's not true. And vaccinated people are also being admitted to uh, to ICUs for COVID as well. Yet nobody is saying that the the COVID vaccine prevents you from getting coronavirus. Nobody is saying that. That that's never been another what's, huge what, Yeah, what's been put out there. Nobody's ever said that. What 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 I, the thing that's killing me right now is people are like, well, your kids won't be impacted by this. Look at who is who who's the exploding population that's getting coronavirus. It's young people right now because vaccines were not readily available to young people and they're still not approved for, for, for kids. They're just now coming into adolescent years. So the idea that, that kids don't get COVID and that kids are not super spreaders of COVID to their friends is just completely false. That's not true. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, I'm not going to get into it. I have my opinion and you have yours and no one is going to change their mind. That's exactly right. Uh, Rich Eisen said it best about Kyrie standing up for voiceless. If you haven't seen it, go find it. Giggity said, I've not seen it. 
Uh, Michael Burton says, fair enough. I am vaccinated. I am not anti-vax. However, I'm against government employer dictating health choices. Do you understand the, this is the other thing that drives me crazy. Look at the Brooklyn Nets. If Kyrie Irving is not vaccinated and he is the only one on his team that is not vaccinated, he is the only one, I believe, in the organization that is not vaccinated. If Kyrie Irving shows up and, and there is a COVID outbreak of positive tests, what happens to the Brooklyn Nets? They don't play games. They get fined by the league. They lose revenue. They lose the money to pay the fines. Like, do you really think it's not fair for billion-dollar industries to protect their billions of dollars? Do you really think that working at a, what's a, an Amazon warehouse where now you have to be vaccinated? Do you th So Amazon shouldn't be able to tell their employees, hey, you have to be vaccinated. And they should put their billion-dollar industry at risk. You realize this is already happening. This has been happening before COVID. Like, it, what's amazing to me is... Oh, well, we have the rights of it, and I should start my own business and do this. And so Jeff Bezos, so that you don't have to, you know, play the game of forced vaccinations, Jeff Bezos should risk his billions that he built it at Amazon. Are you incredible? Like, are you crazy? How selfish can you be? Are you crazy? Why, why, would, why would the state of Washington, why would the state of Washington allow Nick Rolovich to be around a bunch of kids when he's not vaccinated? 20-somethings who are, by all accounts, it is undisputed, people that spread the coronavirus are 20-somethings because mm -hmm. they are undisciplined. They go to house parties. They don't wear masks. We know that is a fact. They spread coronavirus. Why should Nick Rolovich be allowed to be around them? Why should Nick Rolovich, who has a contracted head coach at Washington State, has a contracted obligation, a contract he signed and agreed to, to be in the public and do charity in, in, in uh, you know, community service work. Was it not? I thought it was in the agreement he had to be vaccinated by a certain date as well. It is, Monday. If he is not fully vaccinated by Monday or if he does not have a religious exemption, he can no longer be the football coach at Washington State. So he signed an agreement. So now all of a so sudden. So what are we really talking about? Well, he's waiting for his religious exemption to come. It, 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 it's galling to me that we talk about freedoms. And, well, if you're a woman who wants an abortion or if you're a billion-dollar employer that wants to keep his billions of dollars, you have no freedoms. Oh, but we should be able to carry around assault weapons and sniper rifles and, you know, because of something that happened in the 1700s. The hypocrisy in it's my right, it's my choice. Unless I don't agree with it, and then it's not your right or your choice. Or unless she was raped and doesn't want to have Come that baby. On. Like, this whole thing is just such bullshit. Like, I, it's so frustrating. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, my kids have 0% chance of being impacted by COVID. You're not being serious, right? I, have you? Do you have kids in school, man? Why, how, do you think teachers are giving themselves coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, I, Jeremy, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, man. Like it's it's insane. Are, are you? What, what are you talking about? Not even to talk. Let's let's not even. We're not even talking about the risk the teachers have or the staff of that school has. The janitor. Look at Florida, where Ron DeSantis is wholeheartedly against vaccines, and will not allow vaccine mandates in schools. Teachers are dying in Florida because Literally. kids are unvaccinated. Literally dying. <laughs> and he, and by the way, okay, well you're not going to have vaccines. Oh, by the way, you're also not allowed to tell my kid to put a mask on. Those are freedoms. So what about the freedom of the teacher? Then why don't you go into the classroom and teach? Oh, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. It's ridiculous. No, what about seatbelts? What about public school requiring vaccines? What about laws? 
aren't those all governments dictating health choices? That's what I'm saying. Like, we've yeah. been doing this whole thing about vaccine. This is why it's even it, it gets to a point for me where I'm like, OK, this is kind of funny now. Right. This is comical how dumb this is, because we've been doing bro every time. Do you guys realize I'm sure parents on this show realize this? Brylark, get ready. Right. Every time you put your kid in school every new year, you have to provide vaccination documents that show you have the flu shot and the polio and TB and all like all that stuff. We've all been doing that for like forever. So now because Donnie wanted to politicize the COVID vaccine and say that it was somehow bad for you or whatever, now all of a sudden we're going to completely change our stance from what we're doing. So wait, let me get this right. We don't want to change, you know, our right to bear arms, right? Even though that's killing people every day. But but we do want to change vaccines and, and, and how that whole process works. This is This is the problem. Can we not just do this for each other? That's the thing that kills me. Can we not like, do you care so little about your, your neighbor? Do you like, uh, go, I'm telling you, I don't mean to keep going back to the story, but Cafe Rio was incredibly uncomfortable the other night. I mean, like there's people just don't wear masks. The majority of people don't wear a mask. And, I, and listen, listen, you know what? I don't actually have a problem with that. To be quite honest with you, if you're vaccinated and you don't want to wear a mask, I don't have a problem with it. You got vaccinated. You understand you, if you got vaccinated, you understand that. Even if you get COVID, the symptoms are probably not going to be much. Yeah. So I can, I, like, for me personally, right, for me, I can almost be okay with people not wanting to wear masks if they're fully vaccinated. The problem I have is when you're not vaccinated and you're just rolling around without a mask, that's going to affect people. And we have no way to know who's vaccinated and who's not when you're standing around a bunch of people at the store. So for me— yeah, I am going to wear a mask. Yes, I am. I am. I, I am. Now, I'm not dumb enough to, to just forget the fact that, yeah, I'm 27 in the prime physically. I've already had COVID once. It's it, Likely for me, it's not going to kill me. Like, that's just a fair statement. Needless to say, I don't want it again, though. So that's what I'm saying. The mask thing I don't have much, as much of a problem with. It's the vaccine thing. Because it, when you're not vaccinated, you're just passing it to everybody. But when you're... At the other thing is, are you really rooting against this vaccine? Like, you're hoping that this vaccine Another doesn't great work. point. You're hoping. Do you realize that? Like, anyway, I, what, why are we fucking talking? I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's just so annoying to me that we start comparing vaccines to seatbelts. Are you kidding me? Guy, people are dying, man. And the people who aren't dying, do you, long, do you know what a long hauler is? Do you know how many people are still from two years ago dealing with symptoms of COVID? Don't be Crazy. selfish. Man. Like, good Lord. I'm so, I hate that we can't talk to each other in this country anymore. It, it, it is, you know, I look at what's going on in Australia and it it's just, I am not in favor of lockdowns. I'm in favor of personal responsibility, but you know what? You can't hand people personal responsibility because they don't care about each other. We don't care about each other. We don't love each other. We don't look out for each other. We just don't. Yeah. We want to fly flags that say, don't tread on me. Donald Trump was one of the first people to get vaccinated. And yet here he is out on anti, like, fuck me. Like, do you understand you're following people who don't know what they're talking about? TikTok is great. And it's the most dangerous thing in the world because people get on there and everybody's a doctor and everybody's a a freaking, you know, everybody hates Dr. Fauci. I know more than Dr. Fauci. 
You know, I was driving my garbage truck this morning and you're, you're questioning scientists who have spent their entire life fighting pandemics and you think you know more because you have a fucking TikTok account. It just galls me that we will question scientists and doctors and experts who've been doing this for generations and you happily get a flu vaccine and you happily got a, a, a chicken pox vaccine and you happily got a, a, a polio vaccine. Did your grandparents wonder about polio vaccines? Get out of here. Like, when did we stop caring about each other? Did we ever care about each other? It, it begs the question. Man, why can't we care about the person next door and say, you know what? I'm going to put a mask on. I'm going to the gym. You know what? I need my fitness. I'm going to wear a mask because I worry about the, the guy across from me. It's not about me. It's about the guy next to me. Anyway. What are the people saying? Joshua Blaylock Dixon says the vaccine is fake. Okay. Uh, James Knight says people read it something on the internet and apparently that's doing your research. Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, I am the guy who's actually talked to my doctor about it. Yeah. I am the guy who's actually, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I work at a pro progressive company like Yelp where I can work at home and I'll never have to go back to the office if I don't want to. Like I've actually built this into my life and I've done actual research and talk to medical professionals about it. And that, that, yeah, anyway, Jeremy Bolton says, my wife is an epidemiologist, been doing this for 20 plus years. The vaccine is safe. I need some coffee right now, Cam Harrison. Bro, says, yeah, it's FDA approved. Like, yeah, and Joshua Blaylock Dixon, look, man, if you're going to sit here and say the vaccine doesn't work, I am going to, to mute you because that's just not facts, and you're just trying to stir the pot, and it, it it's not welcome here. It is not. If you're gonna if you're gonna run a bunch of rhetoric that you know talks about the vaccine being safe and it's fake, it doesn't work. It's completely false. And I appreciate you being here. We value every one of our listeners. But if you're going to come in here in the comments and run that shit, I'm going to block you because you don't belong here. We don't block anybody on this show. But if you're going to roll in here and say, all oh, the vaccine's fake, it doesn't work, you're not welcome here. You're not. So I, 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 I will tell you, do it again, and I am, I'm going to mute you. I'm, you're, we're not going to have you here. We're just not. Michael Burton says, I'm not scared of COVID, nor am I scared of the vaccine. I'm, in both cases, I'm 99%. Uh, will have no issues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I, I that's think the other thing that see, and that's the other thing that, that, that I, that is so like, it is a double-edged sword because of the, the political factor with the vaccines. Like if everybody would just take a vaccine, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation, right? The, the pandemic would end. We yeah. wouldn't have to talk about, you know, Ron DeSantis. We wouldn't have to talk about Mitch McConnell in Florida and, and, and Greg Abbott in Texas, and 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 Gavin Newsom in a recall election in but California. But normally, and normally, I wouldn't care if you didn't want to get or do something. It, it normally, like, look, if this wasn't the most transmittable thing that we've probably ever seen, and if it wasn't killing millions and millions of people around the world, I wouldn't care. Man, if you don't want to get vaccinated, don't. The problem is, you won't stay in your basement and stay away from people until the pandemic ends. So if you don't want to get vaccinated, you're just being selfish. You're you're the, the most succinct way I can say it is if you don't if you choose not to get a vaccine, you are choosing to get covid and you are choosing to die. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. And are we supposed to feel sorry for you when you do? 
I'm not yeah. even. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but are we? Is that fair to ask us? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Greg Hawkins says, "Yup, only one percent will have issues. Screw them, right?" <laughs> no, but that one percent, Michael, can be my friend, my neighbor, or my family. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Bolton says, "Joshua Blaylock Dixon, Driftwood. Is that you?" Look, I, and I, and again, I think it's important to have diverging opinions on this show. It is what I, in my opinion, it's what makes this show great. So it makes the country great. But when you when you roll into the comments and you're like the vaccine's fake, what where are we where is anybody supposed to go with that? So get your facts straight. Yeah, because I mean you have no leg to stand on. This is the election was stolen thing. Like you have no leg to stand on. Nothing. You you might as well be my pillow, Mike Lindell. You might as well be that guy, right? Brylark says now that my wife is pregnant, she's more at risk for serious illness. We could have been out this out of this months ago if people just went and got vaccinated. Another but no. excellent point. Another excellent point. Brylark says, "Haha, JB Day is is Driftwood's burner account." <laughs> uh, Mahorian Alvarez. Um, hey, yesterday's Apple podcast never uploaded. Totally missed it until I had time to watch it this morning. Yeah, man, I'm sorry about yesterday. So I'm an Apple user. As I mean, if you couldn't tell, if we just paused the show and you couldn't tell, let's see, uh, one, two. 7, 10, 15, 36. Yeah. I'm a wholehearted Apple user. So we have th this laptop that sits right in front of me, this silver one. Um, all its job is is to record the show and convert it to M MP3 so that I can upload it onto our audio podcast stream. And we're doing – our audio podcast is um, amazing. You guys support our show so incredibly well. Um. I mean, I, I think we've broken 10,000. Like, I mean, it's amazing how many people listen to the show, but here and there. Apple decided to push out an update yesterday. And so for whatever reason, GarageBand malfunctioned and would not save the file and would not allow me to pull it down and convert it to an MP3. I use GarageBand to record the audio portion of this podcast. Never had a problem with it. 500, almost 600 shows. Never had a problem with it until yesterday. And I probably got, I probably got 30, 40 messages about it. And I really appreciate everybody who sent me a message. I, I thank you. It, I thank that. I'm so thankful that you care. Um, all of our Spotify listeners, we have a pretty big listenership on Spotify. Um, really appreciate that you guys reached out. Really appreciate that everybody on Stitcher Radio and Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast is number two behind Spotify um, for us. And it's, you know, we do thousands of downloads a day on Apple podcast and we really appreciate that you guys listen to us. So one way or the other, we have a bulletproof system now where if GarageBand fails, we have another way to do it. So it'll absolutely, it'll be there today. Uh, Cam Harrison says team Apple. I will subscribe to the podcast since I can listen to it at work. Thanks Cam. Thanks. Yeah. Man. If you guys you. want the podcast, you can get it anywhere. You get a podcast, Apple, um, you can ask, um, Amazon Alexa to say, Hey, just play. You can say, Hey, Alexa, play the Monty show podcast. And she will do that. So anywhere you want a podcast, just search the Monty show, M O N T Y the Monty show. Okay. Woo. All right. You know, Hey, did you guys know that there's a football game on tonight? And What's one, of the, in, what? one of the, one of the greatest players of all time will be on the field. Yeah. We don't have time to talk about Tom Brady now, bro. It's eight o'clock already. Yes. What's the number on the uh, on the game tonight? I don't know the official number. God, fucking ass, you have one fucking job. Are you vaccinated? I have to do more research. The number is seven. The Bucks are at Philadelphia taking on the Eagles. Fox Sports National Football League Network thing. 
Uh, Tampa's minus seven. The number is 58. 58? How is the number 58? Because TB12 is putting up 40 against that defense. I'm going to take Tampa to cover. Jake? Sorry, I'm doing some cord management here. The dog was... <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I Tampa's definitely covering that. And by the way, I don't care about the football game because I'm watching Dodgers and Giants. Let's go, baby. Dodgers I don't know why I'm home. throwing up signs. Uh, Dodgers are winning that game tonight. All right, let, let's let's get some quick lifestyling because we need we need something more joyous to talk about here. Okay. So awkward energy in the condom aisle last night. Oh, let's just roll that. Yeah, out. let's just roll right into Flop that. Flop it out. Uh, so you went to the store to get some. Uh, I I had to run some errands, you know, because I'm seeing the teacher again. So tonight. you had to go get some lambs. So yeah, so I go to Costco. Prophylactics. Go to Costco, get some mac and cheese, get a pot pie. All right, great, we're covered on dinner. Sperm right? filter. And then I go to Target, and I'm like, all right, cool. Let's let's go to Target. Got to get contact solution. Got to get uh, a couple blankets. Like, got to get some stuff. So of course I roll up into the pharmacy section of Target, and what do I find? Your mom? Two old no, Luca's mom. Okay. There was a Luca's mom sighting, I think. Um, two old people, you know, in in the in the allergy slash personal protection aisle, taking like twenty minutes. And so I'm like, all right, I can't wait for you guys anymore. Like I'm gonna go and stand literally right next to you. In, and in, I'm going to read the label on I'm, the box of Magnums to make sure <laughs> yeah. it's, you know. And, and, and so you could just feel the tension in the aisle. Okay, so A, what brand of condoms did you buy? They didn't have a lot of them, so I just went Trojan. Okay. They didn't have a, they didn't have good selection. But they had plenty of Magnums, but you know those don't fit. Okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Sure. Why is penis size still a thing? I don't know. I don't Because we live in America and, and pride is first in anything. Like I always say, man, I fit in a thimble. Oh, uh, man. The point is, so the old people were awkward about it? So the so the way, so the target in South Jordan uh, is the one I went to. And the way the aisle is set up, like the, the left side of the aisle is all <laughs> allergy medicine and like, you know, Advil, cold and sinus. Wait, wait, and all Kenny that. says it's 3.04 a.m. and I can hear the cows making love. <laughs> I believe Kenny's in New Zealand. Love that. So so the way the aisle is set up, right? On the left side of the aisle, you've got like cold medicine and allergy stuff and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then on the right side of the aisle, towards the end of the aisle, which of course where the that's where the old folks were, is like this literal like you know, you have all the products and then you know how on some like aisles you have like this different section that they intentionally like section off. They so highlight it. They highlight it. Yes. Okay, that's the the you know that's yeah. the, the Lube, section lube, batteries, and condoms. Right, exactly. Yes. So that's the degenerate section because we're in Mormonville over here, right? <laughs> so you know when I'm looking Mor at Mormons this, don't wear condoms. I don't know if they do. They or don't not. use Astroglide. I can tell. I can tell you right now, there's major judgment coming from those old folks who were definitely part of that lifestyle. Giggity wants to know if you got ribbed for her pleasure. No, I did not. No. Wow. No. Okay. Nope. Um, so my awkward condom story is, so I, I lived in a townhouse in Chicago, in Waukegan, Illinois, mm -hmm. at the end of my Chicago life. Right. With a bunch of baseball players. Right. And they were hard partying. There was always something happening at our house. But I had this one friend, Trevor, who I used to hang out with. And uh, literally all we did was I waited tables, played baseball, went to sleep, did it all over again, right? And Travis worked at a TGI Fridays that was down the street. And mm -hmm. so we kind of did everything together. We carpooled to work together. And 
the one thing that was really awkward was buying condoms at the Jewel Osco. The good old Jewel Osco. I why is it awkward to buy condoms with your male friends? What's an erection? It's it was I'll never forget how awkward it was to buy condoms in front of him. What's more awkward? Buying like like picking out the ones you want in front of your friends or checking out with with condoms on the on the belt. See, I like being awkward with checkers and cashiers. Yeah, you do. It's a, it's I a like, sport. For I you. like talking about this the land speed piss record in the bathroom. Like Jake hates going to the bathroom with me. Like, you know, if if you walk into a bathroom, there's two urinals and a bunch of toilets, right? Like oh. I am the guy that'll like while I'm while I'm taking a leak, I'll be like, Oh my God. Oh this is the oh man, are they gonna charge me if I piss through the back of this urinal? <laughs> and Jake's like, dude. Like he's Can standing I not just in the urinal next to me and relieve myself. He's like, dude, stop. Don't stop. <laughs> you get so uncomfortable Bro, because it's uncomfortable, but it I is. don't know. Okay. So I don't mind going to the, the thing. Like I, it's been 30 years since I bought condoms. I mean, who are we kidding? Yeah, we get it, but we get it. You know, I'm married, so I don't ever have sex. I don't have to worry about just so that. you can go to pound town. Um, I'm kidding. That's a Al Bundy joke. But my point is, I haven't bought condoms in three, 30 years. I think that's HIPAA. But I love making it uncomfortable for the cashier. Why? I don't know. It's Why? fun. Because I like making people laugh. But they don't laugh. Yeah, they do. Well, the awkward Mormon girl at, at Harmon's does not like no, being. No, she's very serious. Like, at Harmon's, the problem is, you know the cashiers now. I shop at Harmon's. It's the only store I ever shop at. So I know all the cashiers. There's one particular nice Mormon girl who does not want to talk to you. She does not want to look at you. She just wants to ring up your normal size, not phallically shaped cucumbers, and she wants you to leave. <laughs> yeah, and she gets aggressive if you don't. <laughs> but it, I don't know why. I like having fun. Uh -huh. I do. I like having fun. I talk to everybody. Right, right. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. So what was the upshot of were you awkward paying for the condoms no, no I, I went to self-checkout no i didn't i intentionally went to a person because self-checkout had a long line and i wasn't awkward about it in fact the the woman in front of me had her kid and so it was like it took for kind of forever once they actually got everything rung up mm -hmm. to get everything into the cart and kind of wrangle why the didn't kid you go to costco i did go to costco but i didn't need to buy it in that much volume I don't even know if Costco sells them. Like, Jesus, dude, what do we like? You know a what case I mean? of condoms. Like a treasure chest of condoms. Yeah, well, hopefully you and this girl aren't using condoms for that long. I mean, hopefully yeah. you're going to milf her and it'll be okay, fine. chill out, chill out, chill out. What? Yeah, yeah she's a cougar. No, she's not, dude. What do you mean? She's not. She's my age. Okay. She's yeah, not you're, like she's you're 40. Old. You guys are old. No, we're not. Okay. We're not. It's fine. Thank, uh, it is uh, the eclectic redhead's birthday today. Speaking of. Uh, redhead vibes, baby. Redhead vibes are always good. Michael Burton says, Google for me says we are most locked down in the world, including 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. curfews. Yes, Australia is not well right now. Um, wow. This is crazy. All the comments on the, like. Thank you for all the comments. Yeah, we appreciate Seriously. all the comments. Okay, what, a couple Seriously. more, a couple more, real quick. Uh, you should have asked the old people for their recommendations. <laughs> hey, sir, you know, this is new to me, this condom thing. I'm coming off of a raging case of herpes. Can you recommend um, a brand? Is there, like, I mean, you guys are old. You have to use lube, right, ma'am? Like, which one That's do not you, what we're about. Which, is there a brand? Durlu uh, Durlux? Are you guys more, oh, you guys are more latex than sheepskin, aren't you? Yeah, I bet um, you are. I bet you are. Anyway, um, well, thanks. <laughs> what do you mean we should leave? Okay. You We're know.
wait, where are you going? Don't anyway. run from the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. And then there's the ass vacuum. Ah, oh, boy. Dude. Bro. My dog's butthole has cost me $1,000 at least at this point. Dude. So, you know that my dog has been obsessively feasting at his fecal buffet. <laughs> and so we've tried the cone of shame. We took him to the vet. The vet stuck his finger up there, pulled out some infection. and was like, hey, I'm going to put some antibiotic up there. Let me give him this. You give him a painkiller, cone of shame. It'll go away. It hasn't gone away. <laughs> took him back to the doctor, got his ass vacuumed again yesterday. Um... Got more drugs for him again yesterday. Yeah, I know what time it is. He's high as a kite right now because <laughs> my wife gave him CBD, so he's freaking high out of his mind on weed. Um, <laughs> CBD is not weed. It's a joke. Anyway, I'm just trying to trigger Mrs. Monty. Anyway, the point trigger is. Trigger Mike. The point is. So, yeah, I'm hung. I get it. Anyway, anyway, my wife has given me the bird. What does that mean? It's one I don't. I don't think that's a sexual gesture. Is it? Is it you want a parakeet? Anyway, the point is, so we took my dog back to the vet. He got his ass vacuumed again. He got more painkillers. We paid him more money. And now Friday, he's going to have surgery. No, you don't have to sweat bullets. So not only can I not play with my dog because I don't want him licking my face with his, like, with the scoop he uses at the fecal buffet. <clears throat> not only are we putting more money into his butthole, but now he's going to have surgery on Friday. And he's going to have antibiotics. Talk about uncomfortable. He's going to have antibiotics directly injected into his butt glands. Can you measure it? So does this mean you're sticking a syringe in his butthole? Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> Some guys like that. Stop. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so he's going to get an injection of antibiotics in his butthole. <laughs> Bro. Speaking of condoms, my dog's name. Yeah, my dog's name is Rhino. Rhino, I told you to wear a condom. Anyway, wait, that means you were a catcher, not a pit. Any concept, you and your sticky fingers probably find hard to grasp. Let's just, but the point is, <laughs> so we got to pay for surgery on Friday, dude. How much is how much does that cost? Seventeen thousand dollars, oh, I think. Life savings. <laughs> it's like two hundred fifty bucks. Okay, that's not bad. But here's the problem. If this doesn't kill the infection, and this is just a violent case of herpes, I guess. If this doesn't kill the dog's infection in his ass, they're going to have to remove his ass glands. Infects me. <laughs> Bro, I don't know what those ass glands do, but this is a dog that drops piles of poop. Terribly vexed. He is a pooping machine. You're right. I hope it does not, like, wreck his PDHs. <laughs> right? Like, okay. <laughs> I hope this does not wreck his PDHs. I hope it doesn't, but there, maybe it will. As men, we have very few things other than PDHs in this world to hang Until on to. One of us passes the fuck Yeah, out. let's just eat fiber, take poops, and enjoy the high. Yeah. So now we're into this for like $1,000 in his butt. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. At least the deck went good. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the deck went great. Uh, Wayman Brothers is coming to pour cement on Saturday morning at 9. Well... By the way, who's going to the tailgate up at guard, the Guardsman lot? Yeah, who's going? We're uh, going. The BYU, Bam Bam's Barbecue, and uh, Utah Pig Bus uh, are having a barbecue shindig thing uh, to celebrate Ty Jordan and Aaron Lowe. 
and BYU fans and Utah fans are going to get together there, and we're, Jake and I are going to go. So who's going? Let's get together and let's – Who's going to be there? Let's all meet. Let's have a meetup at this at the guardsman lot um, at Utah Pig Bus's spot. Bam Bam's Barbecue will be there. And let's all meet and procreate and wear masks. And if you're vaccinated, we can actually, like, bro hug and shit. It'll be amazing. Um, so, like, the eclectic redhead, are you going? Uh, it's Giggity's daughter's birthday. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, daughter Giggity. Um, happy Giggity. birthday, the eclectic redhead, to you as well. Glad you got to the barbecue. I'm very excited. Um, Jason, are you going? Jason Felix says, glad you got to barbecue. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, let us know if you're going to be there. We would love to meet people if you're going to be there uh, in the Guardsman lot Saturday. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun. Otherwise, play the music. Um, make sure you subscribe to this channel. We are going to give away this uh, Xbox. Series when we get S. To Series S. When we get to 3,000 subscribers, so that's going to be awesome. Um, currently, where are we? we the are Meteoric Rise. 25-28. Okay. So we only have 472 to go. So hook it up. Uh, Jason Felix says, have to be there. Go use. All right. I like it. James Knight says, Melbourne, the land of lockdown. Telling you, man, I wish all the best to everybody in Australia. I know that we have a lot of Australian listeners. Thank you for being here. I know it's been an incredibly tough time for you in Australia with COVID. Uh, so I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks for being here. Until tomorrow on a football Friday. Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.